Coming up on the Real Stat Guy podcast, Brother Dylan is back for immediate discussions following the Celtics game two win over the Nets. We were obviously really excited about our team's win, uh, but how confident are we actually in the Celtics to close out the series? We will discuss that and other looming questions for these NBA playoffs. Uh, stat segments in part two. Oh, and Dylan and I played the Potal live on the podcast from Wednesday. So if you play the NBA version of the world, it'll be exciting for you. Um, a fun podcast with Dylan. NBA playoffs in full swing now. And don't forget that the Timberwolves blew two 25-point leads in the same game. Okay, and here we go. Brother Dylan, back again, just watched Nets-Celtics game two, and the Celtics are up 2-0. Let's go. Come Clap it up on. for the Celtics. Clap it Come up for the Celtics. On. Come on. Uh, that, was a hard, that was a hard-fought win tonight. That was a very hard-fought win. It was <laughs> – dude, I was – here, wait. You got to see the notes I was taking for this one. Oh, it's a lot. I got some solid stuff. So, we'll, yeah. I mean, we'll, get, we'll get into it. It was – it was it was a weird game. I'll say that for sure. Yeah. Simmons even tweeted, "Hold on, this, this is going to be a a large um, me referring to Twitter podcast probably." But Simmons tweeted at one point. He was like, uh, "Somebody needs to drive this Celts Nets game home later tonight. What are we watching?" <laughs> As in, the game is intoxicated, and it felt that way for a while. Like I I texted you pretty much at the end of every quarter, and I was yeah. like. Okay, it wasn't great, but it could be a lot worse. Yeah, I mean they were down nine at half. Was it nine at half? They only ended up down five at half. Oh no, you're uh, right. It was ten. You're right. It was ten. It was ten. It was ten. Yeah, because it was and like seventeen, and they brought it down. Yes, it was sixty-five, fifty-five at half. And I, I you texted me, and you're like, it, it could easily be more. And I was like, yeah, it, it should be fifteen, eighteen, twenty. But somehow they were still in it. They were forcing turnovers like crazy, like they were in game one. And they just found a way to stay in it. They, they just – they wouldn't let the Nets just go on a big run. You know, obviously yeah. they started the game on a 9-0 run. They, they wouldn't let them take over. Right, yeah. You mentioned the 9-0 run. And then, like, it kept going. It, it really never got as high – higher than, like, 12 until it got to that 17. And that's where I was like, ah, oh, crap. And then literally, I, I mean, I wrote down that last two minutes of the second quarter, they went, they ended it on a 10 to three run to cut it from 17 to 10. And that was mm -hmm. huge. Um, the, so the, the thought of how I, we were going to talk about this game really changed, right? Like it seemed for a long time in that game, the Celtics didn't get their first lead until like seven minutes left in the game. Mm -hmm. Um so for a long time in that game, it seemed as if we were going to be talking about it the other side, like KD and Kyrie are great as they've always been. Um, and two factors done. <laughs> Bruce Brown and Goran Dragic 
were the leading scorers for the Nets at halftime. And um, Al Horford and Grant Williams were leading scorers for the Celtics at halftime. It was like the wow. weirdest box score ever. So, so I mean, obviously, Katie and Kyrie struggled a little bit. Tatum and Brown struggled a little bit early on. But that has to, that, a, a big part of that is the opposing defense. They are putting so much effort and so much strategy and shutting down the guys that you don't want to beat you. The Celtics do not – the two guys they don't want to beat them are KD and Kyrie. They are doing everything they can to make sure someone else beats them. And tonight, Bruce Brown was that guy, and Goran Dragic is another guy that was trying to beat them. Yeah, and th- this is part of what I had down is, like, they this, – this Celtics defense – obviously over the last six months has been incredible like since, since new year's. Right. And they are somehow doing to Kevin Durant, what I've never seen done before. This is, I've never seen Durant have two bad games in a row like this. Um, I have to, so I think it was Kevin Wilds was the one who said this on a uh, part of first things first FS one. He, he talked about uh, Kyrie Irving having a lot of band. What do you call it? It was like two, Oh, two or date stat lines. You know, like a band has like a tour date shirt and it has like all. So the tour date stat lines today, Kevin Durant was four of 17. <laughs> Kyrie that was, was, that was that was three days ago. Yeah. And then Kyrie was four of 13. They both Last had tour date stat lines. And the Celtics defense is just so tough. And it's so crazy that they're doing it without Robert Williams. I mean, they have the defensive player of the year in Marcus Smart, which you know, we can talk about that right now real quick, that he won Defensive Player of the Year, but they, they're just playing such a tight-knit defense. Yeah, and not like – they're just playing so rough with him. Like, are they, are they getting away with some stuff? Maybe. But Jalen Brown's playing rough on him. Tatum's playing rough. Marcus Smart's playing rough. Even Derek White is playing rough on him. They, Al Horford's playing rough on him. They have so many guys that are able to switch onto him Obviously, Katie's trying to get that switch onto the guys like Derek White, who he's got the head advantage against. But they are all playing so physical against him; it's crazy, and it's the, it's working. Yeah, the, yes, they're they're playing f- as physical as he's probably faced in a long, long, long time. And the lineup, uh, basically, the starting lineup of Smart, Tatum, Brown. Well, and I, I guess if you had Williams and then Horford, those five. If you're screening onto Durant, you'll switch it. All five of those guys can at least try to guard him. And, but the mm-hmm. thing that they were doing so well tonight is who one person on each side of Durant was standing at the elbow. They were not going to let him like get any farther than the free throw line. And like you said, it let Brown and Seth Curry and Goran Dragic beat you. Um, here, so here's, here's your surprise. I think you're going to like this. I told you before I had a good surprise for you. Yeah. I made – the all Celtics kryptonite team, which is a team of guys that for some whatever reason, when they face the Celtics, they get extreme superpowers. Well, so I think I, you I can know. guess what it is because it's based I, I, off of Goran Dragic. And yeah, you, so Goran, Goran yeah, Dragic. So Goran Dragic is the point guard because what and, in against the Celtics two years ago in the Eastern Conference Finals, he was incredible. And have you heard his name this year until right now? I, I had not a, not for me not a ton. I had heard and, it through through Pirtle. That's that's how I, <laughs> I heard it. So for him to have like his best game of the year against the Celtics in Game Two of the first round is just so that's what got me thinking about it. 
Gordon Dragic yeah. is the point guard. Do you want to try to I, guess everyone else? There, there's. A, I, I had trouble with a couple, but like I think you can agree on them. So. Well, I know Chris Middleton's the three. Chris Middleton is the three. Correct. Yeah, I know he, that because we like, both hate him. He's like. Well, no, it's not. It's not that we hate him. We we hate him. Like, yeah. <laughs> they are. They're the Celtics kryptonite. Yeah. <laughs> or, it's or like it's, it's not even Celtics kryptonite. It's like they just get they get superpowers. So it's like reverse kryptonite. The Celtics are their reverse kryptonite, right? Because kryptonite not, would be. It's not that they're. It's not that they're bad players. It's they just get exactly. some superpower. Exactly. When they play the Celtics. Yes. Yes. Um, there's one more that we've talked about for sure. The other two, I'm just gonna have to tell you. It's the, the I, shoot. I, I put him in shooting guard. Evan Fournier. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah. He's the other one who he probably averages like 35 points a game against the Celtics in his career. Yeah. <laughs> And that doesn't include the times that he was on the Celtics that he hurt the Celtics. <laughs> yeah, well, I remember when they played the Knicks the first game this year, I saw so many tweets, of obviously people joking around saying Evan Fournier has never benefited the Celtics. Even when he was on the Celtics, he was still hurting the Celtics. Yeah. And then he, when he was on the Knicks, he was hurting the Celtics. Yeah, so he's like the definition of the, the Celtics trip tonight team. So the last yeah. two, though, I have, because I think it goes with the um, like they just get superpowers when they play the Celtics. LeBron, which I know he's like the best player ever, but I just I for some reason I think he has another gear when he plays the Celtics. Like after since the 2010, um, 2010, 2009 Eastern Conference Finals, he just had, mm-hmm. and then Embiid at center. Yeah, like that's like the war on Tice just continues, right? It just feels like he dominates every time. Like the he the the yeah. Celtics have gotten the better still of those matchups, but he just he has those power, which he does a lot against a lot of teams, obviously. But what yeah, do you think? I, I, I couldn't I'm, think. I could. I had a hard time thinking of other big guys to put on. I mean, I, obviously, we talk about Chris Milton so much. Like he yeah. he's the clear one. He's the captain I'm, of this team, and, and obviously LeBron and and Beat are just so dominant. They're just so good against every other team as yeah. well. Like we just hate when they play the Celtics because they're so good. Yeah, yeah. So that I I agree with it. I, I you know I would probably put them on my top five as well. Just because yeah. I hate I hate playing the Sixers and I hate playing LeBron whatever team is on. Yeah. So, so is it again yeah, head, headed it. headed by Goran Dragic popping a little bit out of nowhere, just having I mean a really good game. He was on. I have the box up. And it was mainly in the first half, right? Like I, yeah, he, he had 18 total points. Honestly, I don't know that he scored in the second half. I now that I'm thinking about it, I can't remember him scoring in the second half. Yeah, I don't know. Which I mean, that's it's kind of part of it, right? Like here, actually, I'm gonna. I'm did gonna he have that. 18 and a half? That's I. I think he did. I'm gonna here. There, there's a way I can do this. Okay, he had one shot attempt in the third quarter, missed it. And okay, he he made like a layup, so he oh, had okay. two he had two points in the second half, um, and that was big. The the Nets had a stretch in the fourth quarter where they scored like two points in eight minutes. Yeah, I mean, that was that was the game, right? Like they were, um, on oh, going back to the box. I mean, they only scored seventeen second half or fourth quarter points. Yeah, with. 230 left they had only scored six so from okay remember seth curry made a three or well a two-pointer first start of the fourth quarter right yeah they they only scored um four points in the next 
nine minutes. Wow. Up until Tatum made that three. That's wow. that's awful. Yeah. <laughs> so again, well, we good go for back us. To, right, good for us. Yeah. We we go back to the the, the surrounding defense, just the probably most physical defense that they have seen. I don't know what the, the, what is, there's no adjustments that they're making. I don't know what Nash is doing. That's what a lot, a lot of people were getting very frustrated with Nash on Twitter. What, what are they doing? It, there were so many times where I thought they would call a timeout and they just didn't. And they, yeah, I mean, no they, they, you, you, I mean, obviously they haven't, they haven't made a ton of adjustments. At least that's what we've seen, but you can't not just keep going back to two of the best five scores in the NBA. You, you got to do something to change that. And I, I feel like we haven't seen a ton I wonder if we're going to see a difference when we get back to uh, when they go back to Brooklyn, but I, I didn't really see a ton of, ton of changes um, when they came out in the second half. It, it looked like the same Celtics defense that was happening, still giving Kyrie, still giving KD, you know, wrecking havoc on, on defense. And I, I didn't see many changes though. I agree with that. You, you know, the biggest difference or, or the, the, yeah, the biggest difference in that, in that stretch. That I mentioned where they scored four points in nine minutes. Was it? That pretty much at halftime, the, the guys were talking about how whenever Peyton Pritchard – or I'm sorry, whenever Kyrie Irving came out of the game is when Peyton Pritchard was in the game, which it was mm-hmm. like – that's kind of a shot at Peyton Pritchard. It's like, oh, you can't be in when Kyrie's in. And it's like, you know, why? I, I literally texted you. I was like, why are they saying yeah. that? And then he literally played the next, like, nine minutes. And that was that stretch. Pritchard was in for seven of those nine minutes, and Smart was on the bench. So they were doing that entire time, holding them to four points without the defensive player of the year on the court. Yeah. I mean, was, was Kyrie guarding Pritchard during that stretch? Because, because that could have been a reason to, like, make Kyrie work, make, make him work. Well, that's a, that's why I did. I never under I didn't understand the reasoning of like that's how his minutes came. Like, gr- granted, Pritchard's like their tenth best player, so I yeah. he shouldn't get that many minutes anyway. But it was weird to be like, oh, when Kyrie's not in, that's when Pritchard can go in. It's like he's not that big of a defensive liability. He was he was guarding either Mills or Curry anyway. Yeah, not early, which, as we talked about earlier, the defensive liability comes when you have to switch onto Durant. And you're able to switch all five guys. Peyton Pritchard can't switch on to all five guys. But Peyton Pritchard did. Sorry, th- this might be the Peyton Pritchard game. It, okay, so I actually I wrote down the Grant Williams game after he made his third three because he was. it looked like he was about to go off. Um, but then in the fourth quarter, I wrote Agent P, which is my favorite nickname for Peyton Pritchard. Yeah. And yeah, I saw, yeah you texted me like a couple times. Because I think he ended up – all his points might have been in the second half. Um, yeah, he had 10. And I, yeah, and they were all they were all in the second half. <laughs> Do you know who uh, who led in plus minus tonight? Um, I don't. Are you looking at it? Yeah. Okay, let me get. Was it Pritchard? Yeah. He <laughs> no played, way. He, he played sixteen minutes, and his plus minus was plus fifteen. Wow. Yeah. Who had the, who had the second best? Can you can you tell just from looking at um, it? Tatum and Horford were both plus eleven. Okay, wow, yeah. that's incredible. See, there you go, Peyton for the Peyton Pritchard game. <laughs> yeah, wow. that was incredible. I texted you at least a couple of times. That's that's exactly what we, we were saying. Is like, why is he not in, able to play? And then it was like he's still in for those seven minutes. So, uh, Dylan, I can't believe they're up 2-0. I know it's wild. Oh, I did see a stat. Um, 
right when the game ended, the Celtics, like as just as a franchise, in Game Sevens, they're forty and one when taking a two zero lead. So yeah. I don't know who that one loss was to. I haven't done any research on I, that yet. I think it was the Eastern Conference Finals to LeBron in twenty eighteen. I think. Were they up two zero in that? I'm I'm almost positive that they were, because I just I remember. Well, here let's. I don't. I that that is one playoff series I don't remember a ton because. I watched those at 3 a.m. while I was in Israel. Was that 2018? I think it was 2018. Yes, yeah. Because I remember, like, watching game two because I was in New Mexico and being like, oh, my God, they're going to win this series. Like, they're up 2-0. And then, of course, Cleveland just won the next two. Yeah, yeah, they went up 2-0. Wow. So, that, that was yeah, the one. that was the one loss. Yeah. yeah. So, you're right, He's they're in another situation game. of – they just have to beat a team twice before they beat them four times. Yes. And this, Dylan, this is crazy. We can, I mean, this is a good time to probably talk about it. This is like, these are two teams that it, it almost, it already feels like an Eastern conference finals type series. It if, does. Okay, I mean, if, 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 sorry, if the Celtics make the finals, every series will be like an Eastern conference final series or better. Cause the bucks would be the next round. And then the actual Eastern conference finals would be the next round. And then the finals. Yeah. You look at that as the Celtics, but also if the nets win the series, yeah, every game is going to be Eastern conference finals for the nets. Yeah. Whoever wins, this is going to be yeah. the, the best series to move on. Yeah. You know, cause I mean, these could be the top two teams in the East right now. Yeah. Um, at, at least one of the hottest and one of the most talented. Yeah. Last thing before we, well, last thing for me, at least, if you have more, you can, you can go, you can say before we move on to maybe some other topics, but I, I've told, I told you before the series started, the Celtics don't have a chance unless Tatum and or Brown go off and Brown and Tatum both showed up in the fourth quarter. I don't care what happened in the first three quarters because Kyrie and KD were bad also, but Tatum and Brown showed up in the fourth quarter, but you can't expect Katie and Kyrie to have banned tour dates stat lines every game. So they have to be that good. Tatum and Brown have to be that good the entire game. Yeah. And the defense, I, I was, you were telling me that, that the, obviously Brown and Tatum need to have games, but I, in reverse, I was telling you, I think it's a defense that really needs to, to be the focal point, you know, to the Celtics winning the series. And I really think that's the difference right now is the yeah, you're looking. Right. It's like we were, we were essentially saying the same thing, but like you're looking to be more right. Where like it looks like the Celtics defense is actually having a bigger impact than Kate or than Tatum and Brown having to go off. To, yes. to this game showed that. Yeah. Dude. I mean, combined eight of 30. They, they only took three threes. Katie and Gary. They went oh, combined wow. one for three from three, hmm. but they went 20 of 22 from the line. Right. Yeah. yeah. Um, real quick before we move on, I had something written down that I was thinking of. Yeah. After game one, I was like, well, if the Celtics lost, I, they were in trouble. But the Celtics were the better team for 38 minutes in game one. Mm-hmm. Tonight, I think the Nets were the better team for about 35 minutes. For sure. For sure. Maybe, maybe closer to 38. But the Celtics won both those games. And this, right. So you can make the argument like the Celtics. Well, 
really you can make the argument they stole both games, but like they, if the Nets would have won game one, you would have said the Nets stole game one. Correct. Yes. So the Celtics, the Celtics stole, this stole tonight. Yeah. Yeah. No, I that's that's a really good point. The Celtics had, were, yeah, were the better team for most of that first game. The Nets were the better team for most of tonight. That I think that's yeah. very fair to say. Um, yeah. But the but the thing is, the Celtics were the better team down the stretch in the last four or five minutes in both games. Yeah, and that's which the the, the clutch time. Fair. Yeah. And oh my gosh, it's crazy. I I just I mean, still got to win two more games to win the series. Yeah. So. Yeah. Got to go to Brooklyn or wherever their stadium is now, and it's Brooklyn, right? <laughs> no, I know, I know. <laughs> I I almost said New Jersey. <laughs> Wait, I just wrote, is Blake Griffin still in the Nets? Yeah. Okay, I he hasn't and played. So is either. Marcus Aldridge, and he hasn't played either. Oh yeah. Which you know is really funny. I I was I just re- remember this game one. Whoever I forget who is announcing game one, they said that the Nets should play Lamarcus Aldridge. They're like they gotta get him in there. They're they're kill, getting killed on the boards, and it was just like Marcus Aldridge hasn't played that much. It was just very yeah. funny, but he's a better free throw shooter than Drummond and Claxton. That's for sure. Yeah, yeah. Clax. <laughs> yeah, he airballed it. He airballed it. The free throw yeah. tonight. Yeah, that was good. Oh, the best ball don't lie happened, which I texted you because yeah. I I didn't see another angle, but it didn't look like I think it was Tatum was even close to Durant on that play. Oh, that that was the two missed free throws by Durant, and then, and then Durant missed a nine yeah. percent shooter missed two free throws. Yeah, yeah. Hey, I have I have two uh, hot takes that I wrote down having to do with the court. Okay, why why is there a corner three? Like I understand they can't make the court bigger, like wider, but isn't it weird that you can take a shorter shot for the same amount of points? Or for well, well, okay, a layup, whatever. But like for the three, because it's um, you yeah, know what I mean? you, yeah, yeah. I yeah, I, I, I'm fine with it, but it's just funny. And yeah, then, I mean, okay. I, I mean, I, I don't really have like an explanation for yeah, it, but you, you think about it like a a layup is worth the same as a twenty foot jump shot. Right, right. I guess it's the that, whole the three point line kind of messed everything up, right? <laughs> yeah. Also, the size, the size of the, the, the size of the court. I mean, yeah. I feel like a ton of things come into play, but I, I don't have an answer. Yeah, no, it's just funny. <laughs> I was like, I was just like, it, I had a realization again. Like a twenty two foot shot is worth the same as a twenty four, but you can say a two foot or you know a five inch shot is worth the whatever. Um, and then, but my other one is a little more, I think, um, meaningful. So, you know how the NFL moved the extra point back? Yeah, 33 yards now. What if the NBA moved the free throw line back? It's, 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 it's too close. Wouldn't that be more exciting? Also, this is like me going against everything I believe in, but I'm just pointing them out. What if they moved the free throw line back? I think it would <laughs> screw up so many people's rhythm. You don't you, – do you think it screwed up the field goal kickers? No, because they – But wouldn't it okay. make it more it, – here's... Wouldn't it make it more exciting? So so here here's the – I remember watching a sports science one time, and I, it honestly might have been Hito Turkoglu. I forget who exactly it was, but he was so – he's so uh, – what's it called? Just like, you know, conditioned 
from the distance. I don't know how far the free throw is. What, it's 12, it's 15. 15 feet from the backboard. No, 18 okay. feet. Wait. Yeah. 18 feet from the baseline, 15 feet from the backboard. Yeah. Okay. So he has been so conditioned to hit that 15 feet jump, you know, yeah. both feet on the ground, 15 foot, 15 foot free throw shot. He was blindfolded and basically shot the same. Wow. So if you move him back, that changes all that. Obviously, like they're so conditioned to that shot. Yeah. Oh, I know. That, that the, the field kickers are conditioned to kicking any shot, kicking any field goal. I think it would be a massive, a massive change. You don't think it would and make think, it more exciting? I, <laughs> I'm, I'm very devil's advocating here because obviously I don't want that to change because that changes the whole sport. But I, I thought this think... because when Durant was shooting free throws, Drummond basically wasn't even trying to go for the rebound. He was like, eh, he's a 90% free throw shooter. It's good. And then, like, he just started walking back on defense. But that's the thing. Like, yeah, they, they, they miss him. Like, they, they like, guys it's exactly still what, miss. It's exactly what happened with the extra point. But guys there's only, miss them. no, no, and obviously more people, more free throws are missed than extra points are missed. Yes, like if you a move lot, yeah, the free throw line back for Claxton, right? Yeah, yeah. No, it obviously doesn't make sense. I just thought I would point those two things out that I yeah. that I noticed. I, do, I mean, those are funny things. That, I know <laughs> that you know these commissioners probably look at and they're like, "Hey, mm-hmm. this could work." But I never thought just, the extra it, point would move back. Yeah, that's true. Um, but but it did. But it did. It moved back. <laughs> the uh, oh, I I showed you this earlier, I think, but this is funny. We got to come up with a meme for that. Mm-hmm. When when Smart had the dagger and they were but Jalen and Smart were looking at his hand. <laughs> well, that was a crazy shot. I thought I know. there was like two seconds left. He's top of the key. I was like, shoot it. Yeah. Yeah. And then he drove well, in I, between three guys. I thought he in. shot it right handed. And then oh, no. he was like looking at his left, like which it, it makes a lot of sense obviously that it was left-handed, but like it makes yeah. the shot even crazier. Um, yeah, it which, would have been like LeBron's shot that he was fading oh, away. Yes, yeah, but he he obviously corner. right, right. He obviously shot that right-handed. Yeah. Um, speaking of smart, we already mentioned he won Defensive Player of the Year. Mm-hmm. What do you think? Um, <laughs> it's crazy. Uh, yeah, I mean. We've always said he's a crazy good defender. I've never like put him in that caliber, you know, of potentially winning defensive player of the year. But we always think he should be on the first team all all NBA no, I, defensive yes. team. I'm I'm so glad you're saying that because I feel the exact same way. That's what that's what, like it's crazy that he won defensive player because like you just said, we have him as one of the best defenders in the league, but I've never really thought like he's the best defender in basketball and obviously it's a really hard thing to measure when you have different positions and like smart's never going to lead the league in blocks like rudy gobert right yeah he might not even lead the league in steals but so how how is it measured but like you said he's definitely one of the best defensive players in the league so i don't know again it people always use um like what do they call it voter um burn oh like voter burnout where like they just keep voting for like the same people, and like that's why he got it in a weaker ish year in the defensive player because it was like him and Mikhail Bridges were the top two people. Um, mm-hmm. and it seemed like most people would go to Smart, but I, th- I mean, I still I think he's deserving, 
it's just like I like you just said maybe he's like the fourth or fifth best defender in the league when you look at everything yeah I mean he's a great defender he can well first of all he's the first guard to win the defensive player of the year since 1996 and that was Gary Payton Um, and it was cool because Gary Payton was at the Celtics practice and basically like congratulated him with the reward or the award yeah that was Um, really cool but also one of the cool things is I think I mentioned this earlier he can guard one through four very well he can even guard the five yeah you know yeah he he can guard across the board doesn't matter you know we were talking about all all of those five starters for the Celtics can switch he can switch on all five too even though he's six three yeah he can switch onto a six ten guy and you know body him up and he he knows how to get physical um which is great also another point that um well first of all uh, two other Celtics got votes. Al Horford and Robert Williams got votes for Defensive Player of the Year. I think they were both in the top 10, um, which brings up the point of the Celtics were the number one defense in, NBA, in the NBA this year. The MVP sometimes is the best player on the best team in the regular season. Do you think this is a way of saying Marcus Smart was the best defender on the best defensive team in the NBA? I really like that thought. I I've, I've yeah. never thought about it like that. Yeah, maybe. And yeah, I, I mean that. That's just the way I I had thought yeah. of it. I didn't know what, what you thought of it. That, um, that take. Well, it's funny because there are people that think that Robert Williams is actually the best defensive player on the Celtics. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which is really well, funny. Well, that's the thing. Like people think of big men as defensive player of the year, like that, because they're such a a bigger physical presence mm-hmm. and you don't realize like Marcus Smart even said they got to get through me to get to Robert Williams they got to get through me to get to Al Horford yeah like, it's a he, pretty he's, he's the front line yeah of that defense so um I mean I think he's he's you know I think he deserves it um I think it was a good year for him to get it and I hope he's got you know a lot of the games left 14 more wins this postseason yeah um but yeah, obviously that you know the he's the best defender, or maybe the best defender on the best defensive team in the NBA. So and I think that's a good way to put it. Yeah, and it's definitely helping them right now. I uh, yeah. I, I just love Marcus. Marcus smart. Oh, he's so good. Oh, Marcus. Yeah, he's amazing. Yeah. Oh, I mean, God, that's I a guy. Him. That's a guy you love to have on your team. Yeah. But if you're playing against him, yeah. you hate him. He's yeah. He's not. He's not quite like the Kevin Garnett level of that. That's a person I use. And I don't even think like he's quite like Patrick Beverly level of no, like rest or, you know, whatever, whatever you want to say, but Beverly's is annoying. Yeah. But that's, that's basically the player that smart is. Remember, I think I said this on a podcast last year. If, if, um, if you look at the best players in basketball that never had the score, he, he's one of them. Yeah. Right. Him, Draymond, Ben Simmons. Rudy Gobert. <laughs> yeah. They're like, if, if they're, if they could be in the game and they couldn't, they weren't allowed to score, they would still impact the game almost as well as they do already. Yeah. They'd still be a massive asset to their yeah. team because of what they do not score in basketball. Yeah. Yeah, so definitely agree. all right so other playoff questions we can we can kind of roll through a, a couple of these ben simmons 
So sticking with this series is supposedly coming back for game four. Um, what impact do you think he will have, if any? The biggest thing is on defense. Um, I mean, he's a big body. He's probably going to be guarding probably Brown or Tatum. Um, I mean, he's what? He's a 6'9", six, 6'10", six, point guard. Um, he will be able to facilitate for Kyrie and KD, maybe having like Kyrie come off the, you know, off the pass a little bit more um, rather than, you know, just going ISO, even though that's what he's fantastic at. Uh, I think it, it opens up the court a lot for them. Um, and yeah, it'll be interesting to see how the Celtics manage to, to play a defense with Ben Simmons on the court. Cause yeah. he's obviously still one of the best, one of the better players in the league and he's going to make a massive impact whether he's like you were saying, whether he scores two points or 17 points. Can I tell you how it helps the Celtics? Yeah. You're, you're adding in a guy that had trouble playing with players to another player that has trouble playing with certain players for three players that have never played together. And yeah, that, that's, that's just objectively subjective. Or, no, no, that's subjectively subjective. Objectively. In the 734 different different playoff seasons in NBA history where a player had more than 70 free throw attempts, Simmons has the worst free throw percentage. Wow. Last season, he shot 34% from the free throw line in the playoffs. So Hacka Simmons? <laughs> yeah, we're just going Hacka Simmons, Claxton, Drummond. So that's that's where I think it's like it's gonna help them. Yeah, I mean, he's and not help, help the Celtics. Like, obviously, again, he's yeah. a good player, but yeah, we'll we'll see how Game Three goes. Is so he's he's coming back for Game Four, not probably Game, game Four. Yeah, it's very yeah. unlikely he's back for three, and it's yeah. it's honestly possible he doesn't even come back for four. But I, that that's yeah. like that's their target date. So 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 is he hurt or or what's what's his problem? Not problem. Like what? Why, why is he not playing? I don't know. That's okay. the that's been a mystery this whole season. Okay. Because it feels like there's a lot of times that he could have come back and played. So, whatever yeah. it is, he he will have some sort of impact in the series. Yeah, he definitely will. Um, next guy, Devin Booker injury. Um, the that series is now one one Suns Pelicans. I here I have I have a couple stats. Yeah. So Chris Paul. Uh. Here are the players with 14 assists and zero turnovers in a playoff game the last 20 seasons. Chris Paul has done it four times, and Rondo has done it once. And that was yesterday, and that's it. Also, Chris Paul has lost 14 straight games where Scott Foster was the referee. (laughs) Do Do you think him refing has anything to do with the outcome of the game? Uh, clearly, clearly, no. clearly, it does. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if it's just it's great, but like Booker got hurt in the game in the same game. Yeah. Like, At what point in the game did he get hurt? Because I, I didn't watch much of that much. Beginning of the, of the third quarter. Because they were up at half, weren't they? They were up like they were up like five. Were... Because B- oh, well, yeah. Booker had thirty-one in the first half. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, and he ended the game with 31. Oh. Yeah. 
So he, so got yeah, he, he, I mean, who do they have to score? Like, who do they, who can they go to? Yeah, that's what, that that's team? what, um, not really. I mean, Jay Crowder. Jay Crowder, Zay, DeAndre that's, Ayton. Yeah, that's what, like, I, I think Kornheiser was saying earlier on PTI is that with Booker out, the Pelicans' best two guys, Ingram, McCollum, can pretty much match scoring with the Suns' best two, Paul and, and Aiton. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I don't – I mean, I would still think the Suns have an upper hand, but they're, they, they, need, they need Booker back. And I think he's going to miss at least the next two games. Oh, wow. That's, yeah. that's big. I did see he's missing three and four. Yeah, Mikael Bridges, Tony Tory Craig – uh, Cam Johnson, Joel McGee, yeah. campaign. Yeah, I, they don't have guys that can go out and score. Obviously, you know, D Book's one of the better scorers in the league. And what you don't call have D Book? Oh, D Book. I thought you said Debo. I was, oh, no. which he could be Debo, but I was like, he, that's a, he could be. That, that, that's a that's a subject for 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 next. <laughs> yeah, D Booker. Um, but yeah, it's gonna be a massive, um, you know, massive help for the Pelicans on defense. They don't have one of the better scorers to, to guard. You know, g- give more effort for CJ McCollum and Brandon Ingram to score yeah. on offense. Also, uh, this wasn't – this didn't quite qualify for the best ESPN stat of the day because we'll get to that, but Jay Crowder became the first starter in NBA history with a 1-1-1-1 one, 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 one stat line in a playoff game. One point, one rebound, one assist, one block. Wow. Did, did you see how many minutes he played? No. Played 28 minutes. For that 1-1-1-1 one, 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 one game? Yeah. How yeah. is that possible? I have no idea. For someone who's, like, a pretty good player. Yeah, he's a fantastic role player. Hey, I can't wait till we to, for when we do the, the potal and it's somebody that we've talked about today. How fun would that be? Yeah, so that, for, that would be amazing. Okay. A little time travel. We're going to do the potal at the end of this. So this is – we're recording on 420. So for anyone who did the potal on this day, you will know what it is at this point and be able to laugh at this part of the conversation. Do you, wait, do you know what it is? Do you know who it is? No. Oh, okay, cool. No, we're going to do it together. Like, okay, I'll, okay. I'll, do, I'll do it on my phone. Or we, I mean, we can do it both on our phones and we'll just yeah. guess the same people. Yeah. Um, also, the, the Philly-Toronto games in overtime right now. Okay, yeah, I was going to mention that it was close, which it's no, on NBA yeah. TV, so can't watch it. Yeah, I can't watch it. So we're, 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 we'll game cast together. Um, yeah. All right, last, last question. Are the Warriors back? I, I don't think they ever left. <laughs> <laughs> okay, wait, wait, wait. Before you continue, this run started when Riley Curry was like two years old three years old this was, did you see that that whole thing going on and she's like yeah. nine or ten now he's like she was sitting in the stands yeah. like on her phone like acting like a like a person <laughs> yeah that's this, this run has been going for eight years basically so they, they you, yeah. you think they never left yeah as in like this year like like they they have have been here the whole entire yeah. year they yeah still have one of the best coaches in the league, still have two of probably the top three shooters in the NBA. Who's, who's the other one? Durant? Durant, yeah. Yeah. 
you know, Clay was out a lot of the year. Yeah. Uh, Draymond is a top three defender in the NBA. Um, I mean, th- they got some young. Jordan Poole is pro- should be one of the most improved players of the year. Uh, I mean, brothers, the Splash Brothers yeah. in the pool. Yeah, I mean, that yeah, was another fantastic. Yeah, <laughs> to the pool. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, they. Yeah, I I feel like watching them. They have a system like the the Patriots. Like it doesn't. You just plug people in, uh-huh. and it just works. Yeah, obviously. I mean, it, it helps that you have Steph Curry. It helps that you have Clay Thompson. It helps you have Jamar Green, three All Stars. But you just plug people around them, and it just works. Everything just works. Yeah, you put people's strengths into you. You use people's strengths, and you put it into, and you put them in positions to succeed, and they will. Like you, I think you can definitely make, but you can make the argument like all three of them would be successful on other teams, but they yeah. were the most successful together. Yeah, and that's essentially what. Yeah, what the Patriots are. Yeah, and, and yeah, I I don't think that team ever left. I think they, yeah. obviously, you know, Steph was out for two, three weeks. Clay was out for most of the season, but when when that team's healthy, they're mm-hmm. they're probably I think the best or second best team in the well. In the West. That's to say, with them the way they're looking and Booker out right now, the West just kind of went wide open. And especially like Doncic might come back, then the Mavs might roll like. It's at the very beginning of the playoffs. If you ask me how many teams would I see winning the title, I don't know. I might have said five, which is actually a lot, right? Like a lot for recent years. Yeah. Um, I feel like I'm bumping it to like, I mean, not a ton, maybe seven to, to get to the finals, I guess, because I would have thought the Suns had a clear path. There were like two, two or three Eastern Conference teams I felt pretty good about because one of them was going to get knocked out immediately. Mm-hmm. Um, but now like a, a bunch more teams have a path. Yeah. That's exciting. Um, yeah, the West is very, the West is very open. Yeah. It'll be interesting to see what happens. Yeah. And I just want to, cause the war they're, they're bumping around the, uh, the supposed league MVP, Nikola Jokic. Yes, they are. They're, yeah. they're making him, I mean, they also have a fantastic defense. Um, but they're, they're making him look like not the MVP. <laughs> yeah. And so, okay. They were talking about this on PF, uh, PMT again, and because right, you you always want you want to say like, oh, they're yeah, they're not making him look like the MVP. Well, remember the MVP is a regular season award; it's not a postseason award, and especially of late, where not only is it a regular season award, it's become very statistical based, right? Like the remember Ben and I had the whole conversation last year about like it's called the MVP for most valuable player because they don't want to call it the most outstanding player because MOP doesn't sound as good as MVP. So they call it the MVP, but people take, so this is the reason why Jokic is winning again. Right. So here are a couple stats that they had mentioned today on PMT. Four MVPs have won the finals in the year they won MVP. I, I forget what year they started this qualification at. So, like, it's not like the MVP wins the finals that much. And then on the flip side, seven MVPs have lost in the first or second round of that year. So, majority, obviously by those stats, a majority of the MVPs get to the conference finals or lose the finals, which which makes sense. Yeah. Um, so, that, that's just the 
he's definitely struggling. Like he's getting, he's getting kind of bounced around, but like to me, he, well, I actually, if you ask me, I think I would have been maybe leaning towards Embiid for MVP, but all signs are pointing to Jokic. I, who, who, who would you have had for MVP? We didn't really get a chance to talk regular, about it. Regular season, I'd probably go Jokic, but okay. the regular season is just so much different, so much less tough, so much not as NBA as playoff basketball is in the NBA. Yeah, they, but they, they, they just don't seem like the same basketball. Um, I think Embiid is the overall better player, but regular mm-hmm. season in those 82 games, I'm probably Jokic. Yeah. No, that's fair. I mean, yeah. that's what you know, we were just talking about. And and mm-hmm. if he if he actually does win, I think he'll become the thirteenth ever to win back to back. Ooh, did I send you actually? Hold on, I have a really good tweet to wrap up this part one. Uh, since we're since we're talking about the MVP, it was of course a Nick Wright, the Nick Wright special. Um, I think I sent it to Ben Hatfield. Shout out Ben. Uh, okay, in a just world, Jokic and Nash two greats but not all timers would have zero mvps because Shaq would have won in 05 and had two that would have been his second kobe would have won in 06 that would have been his second chris paul wins last year and Embiid wins this year but instead jokic and nash have four combined while Shaq, kobe chris paul and Embiid have two combined and he just says, what a shame. Wow. <laughs> right? Because in that world where MVP really is the most valuable player, it probably goes to those four other guys. But yeah, instead, it probably does. Yeah. And again, Yogi Janesh, two great players. Mm-hmm. But winning back-to-back MVPs puts them, like I said, in a class of like 13 people, um, which I, I still can't believe how good Yogi is. Like he's, he's obviously still incredible. He, yeah. Yeah, he's a, a lot of fun to watch. <laughs> if you lined up, like, I don't know, you just, I, you wouldn't, yeah, you just wouldn't think he's one of the top players. I mean, obviously, that's Never. judging a book by its cover, but his results are incredible. And well, and just watching him like play, he plays so yeah. loose and he's just like flopping around. His shot goes 50 feet in the air and it goes in. Okay, so somebody was mentioning how, you know, a lot of guys will get hurt, like, jumping. I forget who got hurt in that game where they, you know, they jumped too high and, like, they came down and landed on someone's foot. And a lot of those types of injuries are kind of happening. And they're like, oh, that'll never happen to Jokic because his vertical is only six inches. So he can't, he, can't, <laughs> he can't even jump that high. So he'll never, he'll never come down and land bad like that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's true. Which is kind of uh, and B just hit a three with 0.7 seconds left. Oh, good call. To go, three. to go to do what? Oh, to, to go, go up three. three. Okay. It was just tied. Yeah, so that's probably so that for game Sixers. is probably over. That puts Sixers up three zero in the series. Wow. Yeah. And, and uh, Tybal couldn't play the series, right? Couldn't. Okay, I was looking at that. I couldn't find anything about who wasn't vaxxed on the Sixers. Um, Tybal was the main guy that that was put into question. Okay. Wow, Embiid hit the three. Wow. Yeah. Wow. All right, this is a perfect way to wrap up uh, part one. Yeah. All right, when uh, when we come back, maybe we'll have the final results of 
the 76ers Raptors, and then we will do our stat segments and a weekend preview, a special weekend preview. Very small, but a special weekend preview, and then the total. So we'll bear back. Let's go. We are back, and we have our stat segments. Again, Dylan, brother Dylan, sorry, brother Dylan is here. Um, All right, best stat I saw this week. This is – so this definitely could be an ESPN stat, but I wanted to put it here because it it is kind of crazy. I I think the difference between, like, a best stat and an ESPN stat can be sometimes where – remember, I kind of – I sent you that one, which which I'm going to mention later. Um, where I kind of rolled my eyes at it, right? Like you kind of roll your eyes at ESPN stats. But the, so the difference is that a best stat is like, oh, wow, that's actually kind of crazy. So on Monday, Jalen Brunson became the first player in NBA history, playoff history, to have 40 points, five rebounds, five assists, no turnovers, and no fouls in a playoff game. And then on Tuesday, Jimmy Butler became the second. <laughs> so it had never happened. And then it happened twice in the last two days. Wow. So again, 40 that, plus points, five funny. rebounds, five assists, no turnovers, no fouls, which is a wild stat line. Yeah. I mean, because you, you have to play enough to score 40 points. While having no turnovers, but also no fouls. No fouls. I think that's the craziest part of it. Well, yeah. And like you said, like to score 40 points, you got to touch the ball quite a bit. And so to have no turnovers. Um, so it makes sense it hadn't happened a lot, but twice in two days after <laughs> I, I, it said, so since 1977 is when they first started tracking turnovers as a stat. Um, but yeah. All right. That was my best stat. You have a best stat you saw this week? Yeah, uh, I actually saw it, was that today or yesterday? Um, but IU has more, IU basketball, uh, you know, we're, we're back on, we're back on a high right now. Um, after Jalen Huchifino obviously has five stars, has been committed for a while, but his teammate at Mount Montverde Academy, uh, Malik Reno, I don't know if I'm pronouncing that right, but he just went on a visit with Jalen Huchifino at IU this past weekend. And, Another another five star. He just committed yesterday, which was on Tuesday, I believe. So, two five stars coming in for IU's twenty twenty two class. And do you know how many uh, five stars Purdue basketball has ever had? Two. So IU has two five stars coming in next year. Uh-huh. Purdue has had. One five star ever. In the Do history. I know who it is? Yeah, AJ Hammonds. No. Close. Uh, close. Yeah. Like in time era or position? Both kinda. Isaac Haas. Robbie Hummel. Who did I say? I said AJ Hammonds. Yeah. It's a wild guess. Who Who is it? Caleb Swanigan. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah, he's so the he's only, only five star. star. They're only five star ever, and IU's got two coming next year. Um, so that that alone, you know, okay, hopefully means IU's on. Woody's doing something special over there, Bloomington. So, um, you know, we're on, we're on up and up until the season starts. Hopefully, <laughs> well, not hopefully, but until the yeah. season starts, you know. 
Uh, but yeah, I saw that and was like, wow. That is, good, yeah. Good for Woody in his first that season. That is good. That is good. Yeah. Way to get your IU stat stat shout out in here. Of course. All right, we have a, I have a special uh, breaking stat from Z- Zach Horowitz. Just sent me on Twitter. So he sent me, it says, mind-blowing stats. There are more dogs in the United States than children under 18. Over 38% of households have at least one dog. 30% of households have at least one child. The dog's market is bigger than the kid's market, is what that tweet said. There are more dogs in the United States than children under 18. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> I hope Zach listens to this. I don't know how often he actually listens to the pod, but I hope he Yeah, is. I don't know. I'll, I'll tell him eventually <laughs> that we shouted it out. So there you or go. Hopefully, or hopefully he'll text you saying thanks for the shout out. Yeah, yeah, true, true. So there's Zach's uh, best stat he saw this week. All right, ESPN stat of the day. This is the one I sent you. I rolled my eyes at because that's what you do for ESPN stats. Mm-hmm. So the Pelicans beat the Suns game two. They became the first team in NBA history to finish the regular season 10-plus games under 500 and then beat a 60-win team in the playoffs on the road. Yeah, it's a lot going on. <laughs> that is a lot. Because, well, one, a team making the playoffs 10 games under 500. And then obviously they would, mo- well, no, they wouldn't play a 61 team necessarily. Like they would play the first seed most likely. Um, but then to win on the road. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, a, just- a lot, a lot has to line up, like, which is all ESPN stats. A lot has to line up. And obviously, it lined up here, and Devin Booker got hurt. And Devin Booker, like, yeah. yeah, yeah. So there's a bit going on there, but again, that was I, I just sent you as like OMG with an eye roll. <laughs> yeah, that's what we love about it. That's why it's a category. Um, yes, it is. If you you listened to last podcast, right? So you heard our I new did. category, Twitter account of the week. Okay, this is a guy yeah. I always mention to you, and I still don't know if you have followed him or not. Roger Sherman gets my Twitter account of the week this week at Roger on Twitter, R O D G E R like Aaron Rodgers, not like Roger Federer. He, so he, he there's a tweet about um, Jonas Valanciunas had 25 rebounds the other night and only four times since 2000 has somebody had 25 or more rebounds in the playoffs. Okay. And and so, so Sher- Roger Sherman quote tweeted that and said, a hundred of the top a hundred rebounding performances in NBA playoff history happened before guess what year a hundred. So a hundred of the top 100 rebounding performances, NBA playoff history happened before what year, what year would Not- you say? Uh, 1966. Okay. So I, you, I mean, you're thinking the right way. 1973. Oh, wow. So literally the top 100 rebounding totals in a game in the the playoffs happened before 1973. And he says, remember, that just shows players were not as good at shooting basketballs into hoops then. (laughs) (laughs) That that is basically what it is. That's really – and again, never thought about it. Like, that's really all it was. They weren't as good at shooting, so there were more misses. So – 
guys like Will and Russell literally have they had 40 rebound games. Yeah. Now if if somebody gets a 20 rebound game like Valanciunas did, that's kind of like oh wow, that's a lot of rebounds in a game. Yeah, you don't see it often. And then he, there's one other tweet he had that I was just going to mention. Um cuz oh Jay Wright retired. Mm-hmm. Which again breaking um, he said, the big news here is that Jay Wright is 60. Would have guessed 50 tops. It's like just coming out now that he's 60 years old when he looks 50 at the oldest. Yeah, because then you look at Coach K and he's, what, 70? 74, I think. 74. 74. Yeah, and you feel like he's 30 years older than yeah. Jay Wright. Right, and he's only 15. Yeah, 75. Which, yeah. by the way, he was at the Celtics game. Yeah, I did see that. Yeah. And uh, he was, who was he with? The assistant coach. Well, now the head coach. Oh, Shire. Yeah, John oh, Shire. Okay. okay. Yeah. They didn't show his name or anything, so. They did not. Still, still the Coach K show. Yes, of course. So, anyway, Roger Sherman, Twitter account of the week, the nomination. Do you have a nomination at all for Twitter um, account of the week? So, this is a Twitter account I've been following for a little bit, and – I just get more excited about seeing their content every single day. The Savannah Bananas. <laughs> <laughs> They're so good. It's one of the, I, it's one of my favorite things. I love them. And they they just put great content out there. First of all, I don't even know what league they're in. Like they're in some like coastal, like plain league, which yeah. it's obviously some independent league that they're playing some, you know, one-off teams who Probably just throw some teams to get some guys together. Okay, so I, I tried to do a little research on it a little bit ago. It's to, to my knowledge, it's essentially like um, the Harlem Globetrotters, where it's yes. like all these guys they're in this like Georgia banana league, and so obviously you're on teams, but the rules go for every team. So like they do all this crazy stuff and their whole thing is about being for the fans, like making it more entertaining as as entertaining as possible. Like they are obviously getting away from the sport a little bit in some ways, but like it's not supposed to be major league baseball. It's supposed to be the Georgia banana league or whatever it is. And entertainment. Entertainment. Which is what the Carl Globetrotters are. Yes. Yeah. So, So you connect them very well. Yeah. Um, well, do you know who pitched for the Savannah Bananas the other night? Which I, a I've seen a couple. Former MLB player. Who was it? Jake Peavy. Really? Yeah, he pitched for the Savannah Bananas the other night. What? Yeah. I saw yeah. that. And I, I didn't see any stats. No. I just saw that he was on the hill for the Savannah Bananas. You, you, know, you know who else pitched for them last week? Who? Somebody wearing stilts. Oh, I did see that. <laughs> he 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 also got a hit and was running, was walking to first. Yeah. <laughs> Can yeah. you imagine? Like like they do TikTok dances and like yeah. the, the pitcher in the middle of the dance will obviously get in the lineup and throw a pitch. Right. So somebody went to the plate with their went to the plate with their bat on fire. Like that's that just straight cool. up entertainment. Yeah. I, I want to if we if we ever go to Georgia together, it seems like something we would have done like a while ago, like on a like a family trip, like yeah. right, like we stopped by like a minor league game, like we would have gone like to, Chattanooga, like Chattanooga, yeah, yeah. lookouts. That, that like was... that would have been really fun to go to. Um, yeah. Oh, I have a bonus fun fact. 
So I, I heard this on PCI today. So 16 years ago today, April 20th, 420, 2006, Julio Franco became the oldest player to homer in a game at the age of 47, which he later homered again. So he, he broke his own record. But today, 16 years ago, was the first time he did it at age 47. He, he's the last player to face a pitcher that also faced Ted Williams. <laughs> and and who, so Julio Franco played up until like two, uh, 2007. Ted Williams last played in 1960, I think is what I saw. What? And a, a pitcher faced both of them. So that's 47 years. Well, I guess, I guess whenever Franco first started. Well, you'd have to go when he first started. So the, the pitcher. So then that guy. Yeah, the, the pitcher is Jim, a guy named Jim Cat, 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 K-A-T is his, his last name spelled. And he, yeah. even him, he played for 25 seasons. So it makes sense. Like his yeah. second year was Williams last year. And then his, um, his last year was 19, what, 84 then, which Franco would have been in the league. Yeah, he would have had to have been in the league at some point. So, yeah. So, wild. yeah, Julio Franco and Ted Williams faced the same pitcher. And Ted Williams was born in 1918. <laughs> That's crazy. So that was a pretty awesome bonus fun fact from PTI. Um, yeah. All right. Weekend preview, really short weekend preview. The little 500 is coming to Bloomington. And so are you. I'll see you yes. hopefully in a couple days, if not tomorrow. Tomorrow. Over the next, over the next three days. This will yes. actually, this will already be out by the time um, I've seen you. So yes. just know that if you're listening to this, I will have already seen Brother Dylan. Um, <laughs> But I have some brief trivia. Do you know who the first winner of Little Five was? Was it Cutters? No. It was a team called the South Hall Buccaneers in 1951, which it has Collins in parentheses. Isn't that one of the dorms? Collins is the, one of the dorms. So they must have been the Collins dorm team. They're called the South Hall Buccaneers. Yes. So that was the first winner of Little Five in 1951. The most wins for the team races, uh, Cutters has the most for the men with 14. And then Kappa Alpha Theta. Uh, what's their shortened name? Theta. Theta. <laughs> they have eight. <laughs> My Greek yeah, life they, knowledge. <laughs> they, they, are, they are very good. Them and DG are both very good yes. on, the, on the women's side. Yes. So they, they lead with eight. Um, the fastest men's time, two hours, one minute, and four seconds to cover the was it 50 miles? 50 right. miles, Because yeah. 200 laps to equate to the Indy 500, 200 laps, but it ends up being 50 miles around a quarter mile track. Um, I think that was in 1986 by the Cutters, if I remember correctly. And then the fastest women's time, they do 25 miles, one hour, six minutes, 58 seconds. Do you think that those will ever be broken? On, on a good day, yeah. But the, the thing is, these guys aren't racing for – fast time they're right you're not racing win. for time at all yeah you, you're racing to be the first one across to be the first one you're, across. you race i mean I, I raced two years so i raced my freshman sophomore year at iu and you race to get to lap 199 yeah 
like you, you want to be the, one of the teams racing, you know, to get you know, together to, mm-hmm. to be the first one across, obviously. Right. Like the um, best strategy yeah. doesn't involve just time trialing a 50 mile race. No. So it's just, it'll, yeah, those, those times probably won't ever be broken. No, you, you just need to get through 198 yeah. laps. Yeah. So that should be fun. The, uh, yeah. Gr- the, the greatest college weekend in America. In America. Watch yes. Breaking Away if you haven't. It's a, I know you have, but for people yeah. listening, watch Breaking Away if you haven't. Um, okay. You ready? I've been waiting all day for this. I've been waiting all day for the portal tonight. So it's funny because I told my coworker, my coworker and I do portal, uh, wardle, we do Weddle game. And yeah. I told him we weren't going to do any of them today. Okay. Because I thought we were going to do all three, but I'm cool with just doing, just doing yeah. portal. So, okay, what, okay, this is going to sound ridiculous, but we're, let's just, let's just do it. What, uh, how, oh no, you don't do Wordle anymore. No, I don't. So what do you do? You do the Podal. I do Podal, Weddle, which is the football and version. Wardle. You do the Wardle. Um, the I also, version. yes, I also do Quartal, which is four Wordles at once. Okay. I do Octordal, which is eight Wordles at once. And do the Wordle. I do Sedicordal, which is 16 Wordles at once. See, I've never done any of those three. They're amazing. But you want to tell, you know, I'm going to tell you where I'm at right now. So I do Wordle. I do Nurdle. Mm-hmm. I do Global. I do the Podal every once in a while. I do the Wardle very rarely. I've only done the Weddle once. So, sorry, let me continue with the ones I've done. I, I do Wordle, Nurdle, Global, Podal. My new favorite one I started doing, Anti Wordle. Oh, have you yeah, done I have Anti Wordle? I have not, but I have seen it. It's my new favorite. And then Wordle Peaks. Have you done Wordle Peaks? Uh-uh. Okay, we'll, we'll do it later because I already did it today. Or I'll show you tomorrow. But basically, you're not trying to – like, if you guess um, a word – like, I usually guess moons because if I guess an M and the first letter is above it, it'll show you the letter is somewhere above that letter in the alphabet. And it does that for all five letters. So you have oh, to, like, like narrow that. it down. Yeah, it's actually because it's a little different than world, but like it's it's really cool. Um, it, I think it's a little easier, for sure. It it definitely sounds a little easier. Yeah, yeah. And then another favorite version I just found this week. Do you want to guess what the Pokemon version of Wordle is called? Squirtle. Squirtle. Okay. <laughs> Isn't that amazing? Yeah, that was the first Pokemon I thought of. Yeah, and it helps that we're just like saying the word Wordle over again. And so like you're able to hear Squirtle. (laughs) So I I I I've done I did that a couple times today, but all right. Let's do the podal. Um let's not look at the silhouette as long as we can. I will never do that before guess eight. Okay. I I I will only click silhouette on eight. Yeah, I'm kind of lame. I kind of do it once I get to the point where I just like no information can help me anymore. I who do you yeah. who do you usually guess first? Um, me and my coworker John basically just say, "You do it random." You know, did we see anyone on Twitter? Uh, did okay. we see you know who played well last night? Um, like I've, we could guess Peyton Pritchard. I've started always guessing Paul George first, okay. because he he's like middle height, middle age, 
his number is like in the teens and there's a lot of single digit numbers. So it's like sort of middle number. That's just who I always guess first. I'm cool guessing Paul George. Okay. Let's do Paul George. Interesting. Okay. So wait, okay. Should I explain this? I don't know if people are listening, they probably know what the portal is, but this is the NBA version of Wordle and we're trying to figure out who it is. Okay. So, okay, it gave us no team, the opposite conference, probably a forward center because it's ta- somebody taller than 6'8", somebody who's 31 years old, and they wear the number 13. So those two are – those are huge. Okay, also, the the height is 6'8 with gray. So it's not yellow. So that oh, one's, we know he's at least 6'11". Yes, yes, good point. Okay, so somebody in the East that's like a forward center that's like, again, They're about that 31 age. 31 years old. And wears 13. Um, trying to think, because you kind of go by division. So, I mean, it's somebody who's really tall, obviously. He's, he's 6'11", yeah, or taller. Okay, go, go team by team. Or, fit, or I don't know, pick a division to start with. I'm, I'm, I'm just going through thinking of, like, number 13. Well, see, that's so hard to do, though, I feel like. It, it is. It, it, it definitely is hard. Um, Although, also, this is great podcasting, obviously. Uh, what number is Mason Plumlee? 20-something. And he was on it, like, a couple weeks ago. So, oh. Um, no, Bam's too young, right? Bam's too young, yeah. Okay. Okay, because he wears number 13, right? Yes, he does. So we obviously don't have to get on this next guest, but uh, we, gotta, we at least got to guess somebody in the East. I, I think it could be Clint Capella. <gasps> I think he's 15. He's 15. I... He's 15. Um, I'm, I'm looking to see real quick if I, know, if I realize anybody else is number 13. Um, or if I think somebody's 13. Okay. Should we guess Capella or who's the other person? Um, Not Mason Bam. Plumley. Okay. Let's guess Capella. Yeah, I'm cool with Capella. Okay. Because that'll cut off. Um, all right. You, Capella? Yeah. Okay. Okay. All right. So we know he's a forward, a forward center. Confirm forward he's, center. Yeah. Uh, He's yellow on 6'10", so we know he's 6'11 or 7 foot. And not um, in the Southeast Division. Yeah. So now we're looking I'm, at, like, the, the Celtics Division or the Central. Um, yeah. So I'm, I was, what, what, I hate, what I hate sometimes about this is, like, you're, you're thinking of, like, guys that, you know, play. You're thinking of role players. Yeah. You're thinking of starters. It and just every depends. once in a while they throw in, like, a Keon Johnson the other day. Yeah. It just, it just depends like, your on. knowledge of the NBA. And I don't know. This, P- Podal has exposed uh, how much I've actually been watching the NBA this year. But anyway, here we are. Um, okay. Let's go somebody in the – hold on. Let me look at this here. Forward center, 6'11", or 7 foot, age 31. Trying to think like the, of the Pacers, – The Pacers are young. The Cavs are young. Yeah. The Bulls are young. 
Who is what number is Robin Lopez? Or Brooke I was Lopez? just thinking Lopez. Uh, I think, I think he's, he's 11. 11. Yeah. Okay, it's funny. Okay, I just mentioned how, like, oh, I don't know who, like, is 13. But then here we are naming so many other players' numbers. <laughs> yeah. Ah, <laughs> uh, shoot. Because Bam is 13, right? Bam's 13, yeah. <laughs> but, um, but he's younger than 31. Yeah. Confirmed. This is what I hate. It's it's gonna be someone on the Pistons, and we're just gonna be like, ah, oh, goddamn it. Um. Do, right, so also like a strategy would, that me and John do sometimes is yeah. we we'll just guess someone in the central just to get right, rid of that. just to get rid right right. So let's. I don't know. You got somebody there. Um. Lopez. I'm I'm fine with Brooke Lopez. Wait, he is on the Bucks, right? Yes. Okay. So confirm they're six eleven. It's a no, forward he, center. No, he, he can be what? Oh yes, 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 yeah. yes, yeah, yeah. And they're in the central. So now we're down to the Bulls, Cavs, Pacers, and Pistons. Yes, Bulls, Cavs. Okay, there's somebody out there hopefully that knows it by now. Well, uh, obviously, because they're gonna be listening to it late, but Maybe if they haven't played, they'll have figured it out. Uh, Vucevic? It... So, Vucevic was it the very first day I ever did. Really? Turtle. Yeah. What number is he? Um, it's a good question. I don't know what number he is. Could this be anybody on the Pacers? That They're so funny. young. They're so young. I don't think so. I'm trying to think. Who they're like the big man, like Isaiah Jackson, because yeah, uh, not Turner. Okay, let's let, let's take out the Pacers. Kevin Love, he's number zero, is he? Yeah. Uh, um, I say we get some on the Pistons. Okay. Who's who's like we could just guess Kate Cunningham to see if it's the Pistons, right? But yeah, can you think of anybody else that's Oh, that would suck if it is, because I don't know anybody on the Pistons except. Yeah, him. I don't either. I know him, Carson Edwards. All right, are we doing Cunningham? I- I'm cool with Cody K Cunningham. Yep. Yep. Good guess. All right. Someone so on the Pistons. Yeah. Someone on the Pistons. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I personally don't know. <laughs> I don't know anybody else on the Pistons. Okay, what so do you guys do in this situation when you at when you're this playing? point? Then we go silhouette. Okay, let's go silhouette. Oh, oh my gosh! Lord. Oh my goodness! Who? Okay, unbelievable. So, so the, we we click the silhouette on guest five, and it's a guy you can clearly see has a headband on with long hair. He played for the I, Celtics. He's also yeah. played for a ton of other teams. Is clearly Kelly Olynyk. Kelly Olynyk, Dylan, this. <laughs> You guessing it? Yeah. Yeah. There we go. Yeah. <laughs> Freaking Kelly Olenek. Who, there he is. Who knew he was on the Pistons? Man. Not me. Look, yeah, look at not us. Not me either. Yeah. Who, who look at us. Not, not me. <laughs> okay. That was, on a scale of one to ten, that was like an eight and a half for like a good Pirtle player. Yes. A good Yeah. Because yeah. obviously you want to try to get not looking at the silhouette, but um, also I'm going to – I'm going to save our board so that I can tweet it so that I can be like, oh, look, everyone, this is what we got. 
Good job, Dylan. Yeah, that was good. <laughs> um, Kelly Olenek. But I think we went about it pretty well. Yeah. I still, like, I want to search even more for, like, who the perfect starting player is. I think, like, I think Paul George is pretty good, but might be somebody better. Yeah, it could I, be. That that didn't take too long. The um, no, it didn't. And and the thing is about those, like, we know the Bucks pretty well. We know the Bulls pretty well. We know the Cavs decently. If we can't think of number thirteen on that team, it's probably going to be someone on the Pistons or Pacers. That's kind of why right. I went Pistons. Right. Let's just get someone there. Yeah. So. No, that was good. I like I like the strategy that you and you've played it a lot more. I played every day. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I just, I need to look at the roster. Well, really, it's just it's just watching the games, right? Like that's how you know certain players' numbers. Yeah, that too. Yeah, and yeah, not looking to silhouette as long as you can, and yeah, unless you you know until you can not think of a player. But hey, you guys yeah. kind of have the same hair, you and Kelly. Me and Kelly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, kind of. Just you gotta put the. I didn't realize he had a beard. Now you gotta put the beard on you. Yeah, he's got the little shaggy. He yeah, he's literally shaggy from. Yeah. I can't he believe is. he's still in the league. Yeah. What a guy. That's right. Yeah. Same. See, I I think that's one of the better um, ways to think too. Is like I'm trying to think of who's in the same draft classes. That yes. Because yeah. now I'm like, oh yeah, Kelly Olenek was same as Paul George was same as. No. No. Wait. Wait. Is that right? No. That. Sorry. They're not in the same. I draft don't know. Class. Yeah, I don't know. Because didn't the Celtics pick Kelly Olynyk and then Giannis was picked after that? Well, Giannis went. Did he go in the second round? All right. This is going to be the last thing we check. <clears throat> um, no, no, no. Uh, really, 14th overall? Giannis was first round. Okay. Olynyk drafted 2013. Giannis. Yeah, so Paul George, that's crazy that Paul George and Kelly Olenek are the same age. Yeah, Olenek was drafted right before Giannis. That's that's a heartbreaker, which I knew about. Yeah, but but getting age and number on the the first try is always good. Oh, two two picks before, two picks before. Olenek was 13th, and then Shabazz Muhammad was 14th. Oh, yeah. And And then Giannis. Oh, the Celtics had the pick right after the Bucks. <laughs> and do you know who they picked? You don't, because I've never Thad heard of Mello. Lucas Nogueria. Can't, can't say I know who that is. Well, there you go. Hopefully this is the year. Yeah. <laughs> Dylan, brother Dylan, this is awesome. Congrats to the Celtics on game two win. Um, when's game three? Friday? What? Saturday? What? Why are we why are we celebrating? What's what's there to celebrate? To what, what, one game what's, one what's, game one game closer. Job's not done. Oh whatever. Job's not done. Game. I know, but they won. Four, 14 to go. Two down, fourteen to go. Two down, fourteen to go. That's right. All right. Well, I'll see you later. Um, yes. Tomorrow. Hopefully tomorrow. Yeah. And then if time. you're listening to this, then again, we'll have seen each other already, but. Of course. Well, thanks for having me on again. Yeah, uh, of course. Obviously Celtics up 2-0, big win tonight. Um, and let's keep it rolling. Fun time, fun time. Yes. All right. Good job, you. Bye, see ya. Thanks. Thanks, Josh. See ya.
big thanks to brother Dylan for coming on to discuss the NBA playoffs. It's always crazy to think that it is currently April and these NBA playoffs go all the way to June. Just a long postseason, uh, but we'll be sure to talk about the playoffs uh, in the coming weeks, along with the NHL postseason coming up and NFL draft and potential other free agency uh, looming there. So continue to tune in and listen to the podcast. And remember that we are here to not just give you the stats you want, but the stats that you need. Thanks, everyone.